Welcome to the Triangle Gardener Show. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. We're gearing up for the fall planting season, and I've got pie on my mind. So I'm on a mission to see just how homegrown, homemade food can be. Gardening is partly about being patient and waiting for things to do what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it. Thanks to Garden Destinations, who sponsored this story. Garden Destinations is a new digital magazine for travelers who want to include the world's finest public gardens and garden destinations in their travel plans. You can find them on their website, gardendestinations.com. Now, on with today's story. It's a little too warm to be planting today, but I have thoughts of the future and cooler weather to come. So I'm talking with my friend Charles Murphy, who is the orchard manager at the Briggs Avenue Community Garden. Charles, you know my yard. It's tiny, tiny, tiny suburban yard. And I want to plant fruit trees this year. What should I think about? Tell me about the basics. How do I, how do, I do this, Charles? Okay, Lise. Well, let's, let's back up just a minute and talk about fruit trees in general, not just in your yard, but in this area, because we're, we're talking about an area where everything doesn't do as well as it might in other places. But there are three things I like to start with. I call them the three S's. One is sight, one is sun, and the third one is soil. So sight, uh, you said you have a small yard. Uh, a mature apple tree, for example, could go as high as 20 or 25 feet, and with a spread of maybe 15 to 18 feet across. Obviously, that's not going to work in a kitchen garden. You need more space, and it needs more space. Um, so you want to think about when you are looking at a site, not only how much space do I have now, but how is this going to develop over the years? Because the next thing that the next S is, that's very important is sunlight. And fruit trees really do like direct sunlight, and they like a lot of it. They don't do well in shade, and they don't do well in even sort of two or three hours a day of direct sunlight. They want six, eight hours or even more. So sighting is number one room. Sun is how much is it getting now and how much do you think it's going to get in the future because that this is a long-term project. And there are two things that you should think about doing before you take on any planting project. One is to have a soil test analysis done where you actually dig around the planting area and you make a soil sample and then we take it over to the soil lab at NC State University and they analyze it and then they give you back a report and the report will give you information like uh, soil nutrients such as potassium and phosphorus and things like that that are important for plant growth and fruit growth and it will also uh, suggest amendments that might need to be made to the soil. So before you go out and get that tree, even if you think the site is right, find out if your soil is right and find out if you're going to need to do anything to amend the soil to a point that it will be more amenable for the tree to grow. Charles, you're not going to deter me. I want to grow fruit. But maybe an apple tree isn't the best choice for me. What are some options here in the Piedmont that I can, that I can grow successfully here? Um, some things, though, that will do very well here 
or blueberries, for example. Now, people don't think of, well, blueberries are not a fruit tree. No, it's not a fruit tree. It's a fruit shrub or a fruit bush. But blueberries are a very big crop in North Carolina. Blueberries will do well here with relatively minimal care. They are subject to some diseases, but their subjectivity is less than it might be for some other fruit varieties. Uh, one thing about blueberries is that they require an acidic soil. So they want a soil pH of six or maybe even lower, okay? And this is where we go back to the soil test S that we talked about before because that will give you the information you need. You're growing blueberries, you're going to have birds. Birds like blueberries too. So it may be necessary to do some sort of cover after bloom while the berries are beginning to ripen and when they get ripe, something that you can easily move around so that you don't have to struggle with it when you want to pick, but something that will at least discourage birds. Okay. Uh, another thing that does well here is figs. Figs are great. They like it here. There are two varieties of figs that do especially well. One is called brown turkey and the other is called celeste. Celeste, I'm told, is supposed to be a little bit more cold-hardy. But the brown turkey is a good cold-resistant tree as long as we don't have long periods of really sub-freezing temperatures. It does pretty well in our winters. Figs have a very low-maintenance profile. Uh, you get the fig in in the right place. Now, they like, they like sun, okay. They like well-drained soil. They're like everything else. They don't really like wet feet. Uh, and they like space because they're going to get pretty large. But if you get it in and you get it through its first year or so and it's happy where it is, you basically don't have to do anything except harvest them every year and occasionally prune back the tree because it is going to get large. And if you've got it in a place in your yard where the tree has now become an inconvenience because it's leaning out over the driveway or it's breaking down the fence or something like that, then you will definitely have to prune it. So before you put it there, think about what's it going to be like in five years or so, because this is going to be a large tree. So you've given me some really great options for choices that I need to think through. Um, how do I go about finding a tree and what, what should I look for when I'm choosing my tree or my shrub? You'll notice every spring, April into May, things like that, you, you start going around the town, shopping centers, big box stores and places like that, and you see trees, fruit trees, uh, peach trees, apple trees, pear trees, pecan trees, all sorts of things. And they're out on the veranda or the pavement in front of the store. And they've got leaves on them, and it's springtime, and everybody thinks, wow, great. Okay. Don't get into that. Okay. There are a couple of reasons for not getting into it. Number one, these are all bare root trees. Okay. They're not in pots and containers. They've been grown to a point where they can be taken out of the container or out of the soil probably. And then they're shipped bare root. Now, the roots have to be kept moist and they have to be kept from drying out and they have to be get, kept from getting too hot. So in transport and storage and waiting on the cement out here in front of the store, 
this may not be a very good idea because these roots are likely to suffer from not enough water, too high a temperature, and too long out of the ground. Roots don't like to be up in the air. Roots grow underground. That's their environment. And I don't want to be pessimistic here, but I suspect that the success rate for bare root trees put out in April and May is really pretty low in this area. So think about it. You've got some time to plan because the best time to start planting these, actually putting them in the ground, will be like October or maybe even November, up till Thanksgiving for that matter. A one-year-old tree, if you can get it, is probably a very good bet. The tree is young enough that it isn't going to have to support a lot of above-ground growth yet. But it's old enough to have developed a reasonably good root system and a good structure. So a one-year-old tree, maybe a two-year-old tree, something like between three and six feet tall. Tell me what I need to do to plant a fruit tree. Is it different from planting another, uh, any other kind of tree? What, what do I need to do to make sure I'm successful? The soil here is very compact and heavy for the most part, okay? Uh, it's clay, and clay makes a, a, an excellent hard pan. The problem is that we don't want a hard pan. We want a soil that is loose enough and, and um, open enough for roots to move through relatively easily. Put the tree down where you think you want it. Look at the pot. The pot is, say, 12 inches across at the top. You want to dig a hole that's three times that wide, okay? You want a big diameter hole. The reason you want a big diameter hole is that the roots are going to move out from the tree. They're going to move sideways from the central part, the central stem. Now, how deep? You don't want to plant the tree any deeper than it sits in the pot. Um, so if it comes, what I like to do, what I think is a good suggestion, dig your hole, sort of estimate how deep you think it should be, looking at the pot and looking at the hole, okay. And then take the tree in the container and put it down in the middle of the hole. And then do a sight line from the top of the pot where the tree soil line level is to the edge of your hole. If it's uphill to the tree, you need to make it a little deeper. If it's downhill to the tree, you need to come back and fill a little bit so that when you take the tree out of the pot, it's going to be at the level it should be. The roots will be visible. You may see some roots that have begun to circle around the root ball because they were growing, but they ran into the pot wall, and so they had to follow the curve of the pot wall. If that's the case, you want to open them up. You'd like your roots to be spread out, and I think it's not a bad idea to take a sharp knife, like a utility knife or a pruning knife, and if you've got thick roots that are actually beginning to circle around, go ahead and cut them. It isn't going to harm anything. Where they cut, they're going to develop new growth. And if the root continues to grow round and round, then what it's going to do is wind up sort of girdling the tree. It will, it'll grow round and round, but it won't grow out, which means that any nutrients that it needs are going to have to come right from the site where the tree is, not from the environment that the tree is in. And so you want to make sure that you can spread these roots out. Once you get it in the ground, support it, have somebody hold it, if you think it's going to need a stake later on, put the stake in now while you can see what you're doing. 
and then start to refill the hole. Now refill the hole with the soil that you took out. If you needed to amend the soil, amend it before you put it back in. Refill the hole to a, about two-thirds of the depth that you want. Uh, then go in and compact the soil around the tree. Don't press it really hard necessarily, but what you're trying to do is to close open spaces so that the roots are all in contact with soil, not with the air. Roots don't do well in contact with the air. So you compact the soil a little bit, and this is a good time to put some water in. Soak it until you see water, until you see that it's wet. Now, you don't have to have water bubbling up in the hole. You just want to make sure that it's thoroughly moistened, thoroughly wet. Then go on and refill the hole all the way. And when you get to the top, do the same thing. Come back and compact the soil around the tree. Give it another watering. Some people like to build up a little berm around the edges of the planting hole area that will act as a dam and hold water. And that's not a bad idea. So if you've got some a little extra soil or if you want to use some rocks or something, you could make a little berm or dam around there that just to help hold water. Again, water the tree until you think it's moist all the way through. And then mulch it. I think mulching is a good idea, even in the wintertime. Uh, you can use hardwood bark, shredded hardwood bark. You can use pine bark fines is what I call them. They're the little tiny thumbnail size pieces of pine bark, not the big chunks. Uh, you could even use shredded newspaper. It's not very elegant, but it works. The idea of mulching is to help hold moisture in the soil to keep the roots, the top part of the, the root area, from drying out too rapidly. It helps maintain an even temperature as well. It protects from extreme changes above ground by helping keep the, the upper part of the below-ground zone reasonably constant. Charles, do I have to water my tree after I've got it planted throughout the, the winter? I'm not used to dragging hoses around in the middle of the winter, but do I need to water my trees in the winter? Generally, I would say probably not. Now, the, the sort of default answer is it all depends, and it depends on, well, are we getting rainfall Typically, our autumn is a, a dry time, and we may not get much rain. Our, our sort of winter rainy season begins around mid-late November, sometime in there, usually. Uh, if we're getting reasonably good rains, I would say no. Uh, I, I wouldn't worry about it. It's not like summertime. There's not, again, a lot of growth going on above that it has to support. There's no sap movement up and, and, and water movement up and down in, in the tree cells, and so... I wouldn't make a big deal out of watering it during the winter. If we have a prolonged dry spell, say the first two or three weeks of December, we get zero precipitation, no rain, no snow, no nothing, it might not be a bad idea. Okay, don't overwater. Give it what you think is a decent soaking. If you need to replace any mulch, replace the mulch. And then I think that probably will do. Uh, it would be nice if you could, if there were an, an accurate way to measure moisture at the root level, but the roots aren't going to dry out. The, the air is typically fairly cold. There's not a lot of evaporation going on. They're reasonably stable, and I would suggest not over-worrying about it, and certainly not over-watering it. If you want to water, if you just really feel the need to, okay, but do it gently and do it with some restraint. 
So once I get all this done, how long should I, how long is it going to take before I can bake a pie? Ah, uh, this is going to vary. Fig trees, for example, are early producers. Even a young fig tree, a year or two old, may be producing plenty of figs. Okay, it's not unheard of. Uh, some of the larger fruit trees, pears, apples, peaches, will be longer in a juvenile period, I will call it that, a period that they, uh, when they're not mature enough to actually begin producing much fruit. Now, you may well get blooms the first year. They'll probably be scattered rather than a big, heavy bloom. And if they bloom and get pollinated, you may well get a small apple or a, a small peach or a plum or two or something like that. But I wouldn't expect significant production from these trees for at least the first three years or so. Which, again, is, you know, it sounds a little discouraging, but remember that this tree is going to live 30 years or 40 years if you take care of it. Which means a lot of apples, a lot of peaches if it produces. And gardening is partly about being patient and waiting for things to do what they're supposed to do, when they're supposed to do it. So don't be too, don't be, don't be disappointed, don't be too hopeful. Let me put it that way. Don't get your, it, it, it's not like Christmas Eve. Don't get your hopes up too big about, oh, we're going to get a big apple crop this year because that tree just went in, you know, in November. Uh, no, probably not. We may get an apple, may get a couple of apples even. That'll be fun. It'll be fun. We can say, hey, look what's going in our yard here. But for full production, the tree is really going to have to mature, and that's going to take a little while. So I guess if I want to have my pie, I need to do a soil test and start making my plans. Yes, I think so. I think that this would be a good time to do it. It's not too early. Charles, thank you. You've given me some great tips, and I, um, I'm going to start making my plans. Very good, and I appreciate the opportunity to do this. I love talking about it. I think it's great fun. You can find links to soil testing information and other resources on our website, trianglegardener.com. Here at Triangle Gardener, we want to know what edible plants work well in your gardens. So we've joined the National Plant Something campaign, and we're asking you to tell us what edible plants you enjoy growing here by using the hashtag PlantSomethingEdible in your social media postings. So tag your favorite edible plants on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and anywhere else in your digital world with the hashtag PlantSomethingEdible. You can find our show on iTunes. And if you like what we're doing, give us a review. I'm Lise Jenkins. This is the Triangle Gardener Show. We're your guide to enjoyable gardening in North Carolina. Thanks for listening.